Hey everybody, I'm Pastor AJ Houseman and welcome to Shit They Don't Tell You on Sunday. A podcast to dig deeper into aspects of the Bible that get glossed over or totally ignored in most preaching. The Bible has a lot of parts that are racy, uncomfortable, and sometimes downright horrifying. Let's talk about it. Welcome to episode 28. My notes just said eight and I knew that was not correct. Um... <laughs> Today, our guest is Vicar Paul Larson, who earned his Master's of Divinity as a recent seminary graduate from the United Lutheran Seminary, um, and is currently serving as the Interim Youth Director at the East Bay Lutheran Youth Parish in Oakland, California. It's very Good exciting. Good morning. Yeah. Good, Good afternoon. Morning. Good morning. It doesn't matter what time, why doesn't, I don't know, who knows when they're going to hear it, but yes, currently <laughs> we're in one of the... Morning for Paul. It's afternoon for me as we have our cross-country conversation. Yes, I'm excited to get going. Yeah, me too. Um, Paul and I actually are in like a Bible study together once a week. So um, we, we talk about the Bible a lot, but now we're doing it like publicly. <laughs> it's always a good time, I feel like. Well, today uh, we're going to talk about the gospel reading for Sunday, October 24th, uh, which is again in the gospel of Mark. I know we've been talking a lot about the gospel of, of Mark lately, but um, that's just where we're at in our year, um, as well as I think there's just a lot of good nuggets for us to talk about as Jesus is out and about leading his disciples around the countryside doing a bunch of teachings and healings and that kind of stuff. So anyway, just wandering. Yep. Just that's pretty much what they're doing. <laughs> it feels like anyways. Uh, so we catch up with Jesus today uh, in uh, Mark chapter 10 verses 46 to 52. Um, and this is the new revised standard version. As Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart. Get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, my teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on his way. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. I always feel like you have to say that at the end of a gospel reading and like yeah, just, you know, 30 years of going to church has um, taught me that anytime someone reads from the gospel, that's just what, what you say. But I find myself like mentally doing it every time after someone reads it. I'm just, I Did you know, I, I found this out because um, I now also serve an Episcopalian church um, that if it's not a Eucharist service, you don't huh. say that. It's just you respond like a normal reading. Interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. Good to know. I haven't totally dug deep into to why that is yet. Um, 
but I learned that uh, the hard way as I was putting together a service. Um, uh, Charlie, our friend Charlie, was um, supplying for me, and, and he is not ordained yet. And so I was putting together this service, and I always send it. I have a uh, I have another priest that uh, is is a member of the parish. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, like any time I do anything, I send it to her to, to take a look at to make sure it's, you know, um, correct in the Episcopal world. Um, and she pointed that out to me and I was like, that's interesting. It's a, it's a new, new fun fact. So coming, coming from the West Coast to the East Coast and like I did my seminary education in the church of Gordon Lathrop, where he used to be the pastor of. So it was like very liturgical. Mm-hmm. Um like high church East coast. And I was just like, the first day I was there, they tried to like put the piece of bread in my mouth. And I was like, what is going on? I've never <laughs> done this before. <laughs> Cause I'm just so used to like doing it different ways. So yeah, it's a but different, can, can I, just, can I, can I touch it? Can I, can I take yeah. that? Um, yeah. That's actually interesting as like, cause I know churches that also uh, same Midwest. We didn't, that wasn't a thing. Maybe <laughs> right? if you were Catholic, but I, I, other than that, I don't know anyone else that really um, did that that way. Um, but then, yeah, coming to the East Coast and it's just like, because I've had to do that where people just like stick out their tongue at me. And I'm like, OK, um, OK, <laughs> I was just you know, like, I'm, everyone's doing this. And I'm yeah. like, What's going on? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Fun stuff, just as, uh, you know, uh, as you move around, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not necessarily denomination to denomination, but just, you know church to church, place to place, things are, things are different. Uh, this has absolutely nothing to do with the Bible reading. I just, I'm now thinking about it. It's just sort of like, <laughs> also when you go to churches and they're like, well, this is the way it's done. And it's like, uh-huh. may- maybe here, but not necessarily <laughs> anywhere else. So maybe, maybe tell me first before you yeah. like, well, I just think about a matter of um, like putting things into perspective too. When yeah. um, some churches are really caught on some of these things, and I and I know that like COVID has challenged mo- mm-hmm. most of these um, like weird traditions that each congregation would have. Um, but just yeah, that we can get caught up in those things and kind of I think forget what the the bigger picture is. But yeah. But Jesus, right? So the bigger, uh, the bigger picture. Back to the Bible, uh, as I uh, sit on my little church soapbox over here. Um, anyways, we catch up with Jesus doing some some healing again the, this week, which is I think what people just like. Hasn't Jesus? This is like the the ten billionth Sunday after Pentecost. Hasn't Jesus just been healing people for like two thousand years? Just shows up in Mark and then just starts healing people. That's all he does in this year. <laughs> yeah, which is like kind of fun to think about, like that. That's the that's the general focus of of the gospel, but it's uh, also kind of interesting to think about, like just some of the other things that like other people, the other gospels include. And it's just like none of that's important to Mark. <laughs> you just find him like Snow White in the yes. wilderness. This is not what Mark wants you to know. Uh, <laughs> all the way up to I don't know if uh, people know, like Mark doesn't have like a. a birth narrative yeah like mark doesn't doesn't give a shit where jesus was born that's not the point that's not the point (laughs) just go to the wilderness jesus skip that part yeah (laughs) we just cut up with jesus when he's 30 and we're like uh all right and the disciples still don't know (laughs) just never (laughs) never uh paul paul uh we have talked about this the last few weeks um just two of you know the markian disciples um, <laughs> yeah. 
which you know we of course um see see again here today it's to me it's almost like which they start to do this i I don't think as much in mark but they do in some of the other gospels kind of start to act as like a bodyguards to jesus Mm -hmm. like if people are just getting like too close to jesus right like that's when they start to like push push back yeah um and and i think we see uh some of that here today with the disciples Mm -hmm. yeah we constantly see like them just being stumbling blocks i think just kind of go back to that cliche maybe it's overused <laughs> um yeah but um so something we see here today um in in this particular story with bart uh which by the way uh bartimaeus just means son of timaeus so um for anybody who cares about a little bit about maybe a background is um just that that redundancy that we see bartimaeus the son of timaeus um is just maybe assume that like the author is assuming the readers aren't like native hebrew speakers um and wouldn't know some of those like fine details um which that's really a fun fact doesn't necessarily uh affect our conversation today anyways bart bart's blind um and comes to jesus and um this is the part um i know that was super uncomfortable for me and i think mm-hmm. um, for also you too paul where uh they're like many sternly ordered him to be quiet like they, they wanted to they, they silenced him mm-hmm. um and we don't necessarily really get why like are they are they silencing him because like jesus is just like so important they don't they don't want him to bother them or what why are they they silencing him in this moment Yeah. I, yeah. I'm always really con- interested in understanding. Yeah. Why is like, why do the disciples keep getting in the way constantly? Mm-hmm. And, um, and especially this morning where, you know, he's on the side of the road and he just like calls out like Jesus, son of David. And like, that's something that you just normally wouldn't hear. Or maybe I, I could say in a personal, like if someone were yelling that on the side of the road, I probably wouldn't listen. Um, but but like that just how important it is for him to be naming that when the disciples still have not seen that he is jesus of nazareth right so when he is jesus of nazareth right and this this um that that bart calls him um son of david that that is like there's Mm -hmm. a significant significant piece of that um especially because this is right before you know the palm sunday ride right like Mm -hmm. before his which doesn't necessarily take place on a sunday his glorious (laughs) ride into jerusalem on the back of a colt or donkey whatever you want to call it and people are laying their cloaks and and tree branches and stuff like that in the street um for for him to walk on screaming you know um the son of david um bart bart says it first yeah Uh, And that is significant for him to proclaim that when it hasn't been like widely proclaimed yet, that that's not a title that's been given to Jesus yet. And I think it speaks to the sort of how, Kenny, you talked about this, how we kind of try to be, I don't like the word gatekeeper, but just like the, the security guard at the, at the club, you know, we don't want to like let someone in from the alley. We just want to. That's why like, I think the disciples often act as Mm -hmm. those, which again is to to understand too like let's let's remember that this is like the author of mark is writing the story from a certain perspective in order to get something across to their audience 
Yeah. Um, and so often in the gospel of Mark, so it's that disciple thing, they're using the disciples as a literary device in order to point something out to us in yeah. the story. And so quite frequently what that is, is them putting um, the disciples in the way or, or somehow blocking or guarding people from, from mm-hmm. getting to Jesus um, of like, you know, sort of, they represent like we, we can be in the way of, of Jesus doing, doing his ministry, doing the thing, doing the healing. Right. Um, and so that's, it's the same, right? Like they're sort of like, they're, they're blocking Jesus from, from doing the thing. And, you know, in every single one of these stories, like what, what happens, right? Jesus does it anyways. Yeah. He's still, he still meets with the person and like, (laughs) <laughs> always even like always. You know, the, the the gentiles no matter where they're at like no matter what the disciples say he does it anyways yeah and sometimes um, he might even be a jerk but he yeah. still meets with them <laughs> hopefully no one hears that and it's like, you just called jesus a jerk <laughs> uh it's fine if they hear it you can go to um salem com forward slash sermons um and scroll down i literally have a sermon called entitled jesus the jerk <laughs> um about his encounter with the syrophoenician woman and yeah. i i um i encourage everyone to go take a look at that yeah. so <laughs> great way to great plug <laughs> i don't often do that but you know just if it um <laughs> uh hair toss i am <laughs> so they sternly order him to be quiet uh this part just gets me as i think about all of the different times, even so today in our society, I, I know that I've had them personally, other people um, that I've talked to and, and members of my family have had these conversations with, that there are just some things that like you're not supposed to talk about. That like yeah. as a society, we have silenced people from like owning their needs um, and, and talking about stuff. Um, a, a big one, I think, is uh, mental mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's like a, a big taboo. Um, and, and I think it's getting better definitely amongst um, various circles that, that I know that we're involved in. Like um, I think that clergy and folks that work for the church are doing a lot better than they used to at like seeking out mental health um, stuff as well as mm-hmm. like encouraging others to do so. I don't think that was always the case. I can think like people went to the church for mental health therapy and it's like, this is, this is not what you're looking for. (laughs) And I think one of the things that I am really appreciating is particularly some of the folks that we've gone to seminary with are very like open about their struggles with mental health in a way that like we've oftentimes put pastors on a pedestal, like, Oh, you don't suffer from depression and anxiety. I'm a sufferer of both of those things. Um, And I know last month was, uh, was it suicide prevention month um, during the month of September? And I saw, I've continued to see a lot of folks like say, Hey, reach out to me. And because it's something that's so important, especially right now during these weird COVID times, whatever pre post pandemic, I don't know where we are. Um, And we're seeing just death so much around us. And like, how do we continue to be supportive of our folks who are experiencing emotions that maybe we in the past have just wanted to say oh just get over it but it's like no like these are real tangible feelings that we're feeling right now yeah i um 
I, I also um, uh, struggle from anxiety and have mm-hmm. taken medication and gone to yeah. counseling and those kinds of things. Um, and it was all like, I'm really grateful for that and helpful for that. Yeah. Um, but I even still remember like the, the first time that I, that I sought uh, mental health counseling um, for that, like, it was a, you don't talk about it thing. Like it was sort of like, I, I, I don't know if it was just like where I was or the people that I was around, uh, but it was like, that's the thing you can do maybe, but like, you just, you don't talk about it. Um, which is hard. Cause then like finding out that like, oh, I also had family that also struggled from this exact same thing. Right. And like, oh, well, if we could actually talk about it, maybe, um, you know, we could help each other rather than silencing each other and silencing yeah. these. Right. Right. Um, an, another along the, the, the same lines, um, I particularly think about is, um, I have gone through, um, fertility, um, treatments and issues and stuff mm-hmm. is, um, that's a big one, right. That yeah. like women are actually ordered to be silent about pregnancy and for fertility issues and miscarriages and things like that. Like, I remember when we, um, you know, when we first were telling just like close family and stuff that like, oh, we, we, it finally worked. Right. Like, um, mm-hmm. uh, we're having a baby. Cause I had a, an, a I had a struggle, um, with that. Right. Like I, I, I don't even know if I have said this publicly yet because of yeah. this same sort of thing is like, I had to have two surgeries on my uterus yeah. before I could get pregnant. Like it was just, it was a lot, right. Like, yeah. and so there's a lot of women out there that are struggling with these kind of issues that are being silenced and, and I remember when we were first telling like some, some close family and friends and stuff. And like one person actually was like, ordered us to be silent. was like, you shouldn't be telling people. Like, we're not telling people we're telling you first yeah. of all. <laughs> um, but, but second, yeah. Like this is still a very common thing of, of, of silencing people. Yeah. Or silencing. I know, I know in this, in, around Advent, a lot of people have a hard time with, sort of the story of Mary and if they've experienced a miscarriage and like how we as a church have totally just glossed over it. And we don't want to like have those conversations on Mm -hmm. ways that we can really help people who are experiencing emotions and so much um, that we can be supportive and remind them that like, we're here for you. We care for you. We love you. I always struggle with, I think, with an Advent imagery and that and thinking yeah. about that same thing of sort of like, because um, there's a lot of women in our society that just they're, they're unable to have children. Yeah. And so I, I just I struggle with that whole, you know, somewhat value that we put on Mary to like, mm-hmm. is her worth that she was able to birth a child? Yeah. Um, and also then when we we silence people from from talking women from from sharing and being able to like. I think get probably healthy resources and conversations that they, they need, right? Like, are we perpetuating this, this mm-hmm. same stereotype? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we, we need to have the conversation, yeah. right? And I think that that's when we silence women, we're not mm-hmm. having them. Yeah. When we're just telling people don't talk about this. Yeah. Or somehow you've done something wrong and it's right. like, no, yes. No. Or that there's, or, or that even worse, that there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Um, which is something that touches, I think, into a, uh, a deeper sort of theology um, that uh, can be struggled with um, throughout some of, I think, the healing stories and stuff like that in the Bible um, 
is that when we have folks like Bart that come to Jesus, right? Like, do we immediately think, oh, there's something wrong with him, mm-hmm. right? That that's the language that we use and like, well, good thing Jesus was there to fix him. And so, um, you know, this language um, leads to, to some some troubling stuff that that we have perpetuated with with folks that do um, live with disabilities mm-hmm. and that are born with them, that that gain them, you know, throughout life, and that they're somehow still labeled as there's something mm-hmm. wrong with them. Um, and there are some really good um, uh, theologians who use their um, differently abled bodies to actually really profess um, the gospel in like such meaningful ways um, as that that that's not a disability to them, right? That language that we use, that disability even is that, oh, that's indicating there's something wrong with you. Um, rather than like, you know, people have different abilities, you know? Yeah. And that's just part of it, I think. And so I, I think that's something that we have to maybe talk about more. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know from my own perspective, this is one of the things I struggled with was I, I didn't have those resources as a seminarian and yeah. like what that maybe we could have a place for yep. a class. And I and... Were, were, were reflecting on this before uh, we started recording that like, hmm, you know, out of all the different like perspectives of theology and, and systematics and stuff, it's like, oh, this was one that like suspiciously was not included in our seminary education, which um, is. is a testament to how important it is that we actually have this. <laughs> Well, but also I was going to say yeah. like, it's, um, it's, you know, it, I just to call out our own yeah. gaps of, of education. Um, yeah. uh, and that it's something, you know, we still have room to learn. I mean, mm-hmm. I certainly, I certainly do. For sure. For sure. Um, I, I had the privilege um, a few years ago to go to um, the event at the ELCA National Youth Gathering called Table. Um, it is a smaller gathering. There are two smaller gra- gatherings that happen immediately uh, before the, the larger ne- ELCA National Youth Gathering. Um, there's uh, MILE, which is Multicultural Youth Leadership. And then there is um, TABLE, which is Differently Abled um, Youth. Um, and so they have their own event. Um, and it was just, um, it was a beautiful uh, blessing for me to be able to be included and to be able to kind of share in, in their stories and perspective of theology, right? Mm-hmm. So when they would, you know, read this, they're not reading, there's something wrong with Bart. They're reading, which I, I encourage everyone to relook at it this way. They're reading, Jesus saw Bart exactly for for who he was and didn't ignore him and talk to him and you know i it recognized him and and that and seeing him right how many people would have just passed by him didn't see him wouldn't have paid any attention that he's an invisible person he Mm -hmm. is you know uh just not important right and jesus sees him yeah and, and, and also, um, what uh, another thing? Sorry, I'll let you talk at some point. No, it's fine because you are my guest. But <laughs> it is all good. Um, about uh, the things that like he sees that again, this pitting against the disciples that they don't see, right? Mm-hmm. So him calling out Jesus as the son of David, mm-hmm. he even you know in 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 his blindness, 
And he sees, he sees something in Jesus that they don't see yet. You know, that's a gift that he has. Yeah. And then just when, when Jesus calls him, like he just gives up his cloak and just simply goes like trusting in, in the faith that Jesus is going to heal him. And, and I think in so many ways as, as Christians, we assume we're like, whether it's the good Samaritan or we're going to be the ones who just will, will, will drop everything and simply go. And this guy is literally dropping his possessions and trusting in the faith and, it's, Jesus sends him on his way to do ministry. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, in earlier weeks, we heard from the disciples where they were like, they were pissed that this other group was starting to do their work. And he goes, homeboys, mm-hmm. uh, you should be actually for a second, let's, uh, let's take a pause and um, celebrate that th- this group is who are followers in this Jesus movement are s- sending this message of into the kingdom of God to God's faithful people, that God never leaves our side, that God is there with us and God calls us into action and to be people of faith and to be those beacons of Christ in this world that is so broken and complex and to simply just go and and to trust. And and it it takes a lot of work. And I, I can't say that I would be a person that would just drop everything and go, but I think it depends on like who or how we identify in each of those stories, right? And so like in this yeah. particular story, like who do you identify with? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's a tough one. Like, yeah. do you identify uh, as some people, want, uh, some people have the complex, right? They're like, they might identify with Jesus, right? Like they're out there doing the thing. They're, mm-hmm. they're fixing, they're doing the thing. And then you have, um, you know, people that maybe identify, you know, more with, Bartimaeus and Mm -hmm. that they are crying out to be heard, to be healed, to be seen. Um, and worth worth like got nothing left to lose, drop everything that you have for that kind of people. Or um are you a disciple and you really identify with those that are kind of, you know, they're on the insider, they're on their right hand to the big guy, and they're doing you know, you're, you're along for the ride and you're just a part of this, this movement and you think you've, you've got it all figured out, but really you're getting in the way of mm. the work. Yeah. I think I might identify, I, honestly, I, if I'm being totally yeah. honest, probably identify with the disciples, right? Like I, I how often, how often do we get in the way? Yeah. Yeah, and that's I can. A, that's a tough thing to admit. It's a tough thing to think for anybody. And so, I, you know, it's one of those sort of like, oh man, we got to stop and reprioritize over here. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would, I would agree with you. I probably would I, identify with the disciples. Like, you just don't, you just try to be the security guard or the bouncer of the club. <laughs> just yeah. one. Yeah. And I, I think that that's something for all first, you know, to, to really wrestle with, right. Of like, what does that mean for us? Mm -hmm. Um, And also again, like, so having that perspective is like, I really do think that that is the point of the disciples in the gospel of Mark is for us to continually self-reflect on that. Yeah. um, And to see our part of the story. 
Yeah. And like, I know I, I, we probably don't want to like, I, this is one of the things that I, I'm, Mark is not my favorite gospel. I'm a John fan. And like, this is why I love the beloved disciple in the gospel of John. It's like, oh, that's you. Like we're the beloved disciples. And then here in Mark, and I think it like helps to make us, now I'm sort of seeing a connection like in a whole new way of like Mark and like, I really like that, that idea of like, maybe we are, I'm the disciple and I need to, I need to get that clear. The disciple. The disciple. Yeah. 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 I, you know, and I think that that's the, the thing about like having multiple gospels included, right. Is like, yeah. it's, you are both the disciple and the beloved yeah. disciple. Yeah. That's you know. so beautiful. Very Lutheran. Oh, I, I do what I can. I just <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. I just thought of that right off the top of my head. <laughs> so long, Satan sinner. <laughs> I'm a disciple or the beloved disciple. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just I just think there's a lot that we can learn from from characters like like Bart. Yeah. Um, and I I think that there's a lot still to be be challenged with us and um you know some ideas of traditional theology about mm-hmm. able bodies and about yeah. what it means when jesus is healing folks right right and i think sort of when i look to what what, what i want like people to take away and um is that like to see ourselves in these texts and to sort of um and see where the places we our preconceived notions, our mm-hmm. unconscious bias permeates. Because there are times when I first read the text and I'm just like, I'm still in my very young Lutheran perspective. And it wasn't until college that I started realizing there were whole other ways to look at the gospel. Yeah. Even for myself as a Mexican American queer man, like I didn't realize it took being in a class with a professor of color to tell me like, there's liberation theology and to like come into age of understanding this liberation and of God's love for us um, in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the pieces of liberation that we can see in, you know, mm-hmm. the, the whole thing. Right. And I think yeah. that's again, what we're, we're seeing here too, but yeah. So um, I, I think I'm going to challenge everybody as we uh, take off today to, to really kind of rethink, um, including both both Paul and I, as, as we would like to identify that something we also um, need to be challenged on is to, um, you know, sort of rethink our um, theology when it comes around um, abled bodies. Yeah. And differently abled bodies and, and the abilities of, of each of us and how we see ourselves in the story. For sure. Mm-hmm. And the and we see this Jesus of compassion, and always, always, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, that's it for this week. Thank you, Paul, for joining us. Um, and I think a really um, a really great discussion and some things that needed to be named and to be challenged. Um, and everyone, you can look for us next Tuesday on shit they don't tell you on Sunday. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash shit they don't tell you on Sunday uh, and subscribe wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can get the newest episodes um, and get notifications right on your right on your phone. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, take care, everyone, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm.